0: Welcome to Camp Career, where we help you pitch a tent over your dreams and ditch the excuses. It's really like one big campfire for career builders. Welcome to Camp Career. This is episode count them one, two. Yes, that's right. It's our third episode. And I'm one of your co-counselors, Kendra Stanton-Lee, writing coach, resume counselor, counselor. and I'm joined by my co-counselor.
1: I'm Ife Alara. I am a talent strategist, and I focus on inclusion and the perception of millennials in the workplace.
0: So... It is around the time of year where we are filing taxes. That usually fills me with a particular measure of dread. I don't know about you, Ife, but I find it rude that the universe, at least my part of the universe, which is Boston, is not only like inflicting taxation on me, but also snowflakeation on me. There's snowflakes in the air.
1: I feel for you. I really, truly, truly do. Uh, while I want to empathize with you, I cannot because I cannot put myself in your situation. Mm. I have beautiful sunlight and warm weather and joyous joyous uh, happiness outside my window. but I do agree that taxes are taxes
0: yeah yeah they 're one of the one of those two things that are just inevitable death and taxes, and not snowflakes in April. For crying out loud. But hello, it's flag raising time. We're gonna go outside, hell or high water, sunshine or snow. So join me, won't you, out there to raise the flag. It's the round robin time, folks. Let's talk about things making us happy. Ife, you start. What's good?
1: I have been reading quite a bit um, I've talked about a few of the different books that I'm reading, but something I'm really excited about today is actually the fact that um, more people are talking about inclusion. And it just really is exciting that this is becoming a common conversation and it's becoming mainstream.
0: So, do you think that the Oscars, what with uh, Francis Dorman calling for an inclusion rider, do you think that that spurred? some conversations
1: quite possibly i think that a lot of people don't know what inclusion is mm. still and there is the challenge of moving past really great talks and really great articles and actually sh- the action to back those up it's one thing to say that there needs to be representation equality all these sort of things not just in entertainment and in theater and in movies uh, but it's another thing to intentionally put women of color uh, Mm -hmm. into directing spaces. Uh, Donald Glover, aka Childish Mm -hmm. Gambino, aka Mm -hmm. the king of Atlanta, has recently included i'm sure he's been doing it before but i was just watching the second season of the show and i noticed that there was quite a few uh, women on the production team and a few i believe at least two who directed um, full episodes which is a big deal and so i think that's the part that's really exciting is not just the talk but being able to actually see the changes happening it's it's exciting
0: i mean we've all been no matter our ethnicity no matter our sex No matter our age, we've all been at tables where major decisions have been made and we were kind of mouth agape. Like we were just left slack jaw because we were in such an abject minority, right? Because we had no one to be like, what on earth? Do you believe this stuff? Right? We had no one to look at and be like, wait, are we gonna let this go down? So it's not about tokenism. Right. Yeah. Inclus- inclusivity and inclusion is getting the lots of butts in lots of seats so that yeah. we are fair minded and making better decisions with 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 all the things. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's I mean, it's really important to note that, you know, Everyone has their own issues. Everyone has their biases. I had to catch myself recently because I was going on a rant um, with not you. I I know, I know, I know. But I was, yeah, I was going on and talking about representation and one of the spaces where I exist. And as I was talking, I was saying how there's no, you know, there's no women in leadership. There's no, uh, and the women that we do see in leadership are Caucasian, and um, we don't. And then somebody just said you do realize that the third person in command um, is from Lebanon, right? Mm. And I was thrown, thrown back because I had looked at somebody's face and I was just assumed, oh, that's, mm. that's a white person. Mm. And I had judged an entire thought process and leadership team based on my inability to just ask a question. Of Rather than saying there is none, the question should have been, is there? And then getting the answers and moving from that. So,
0: same, uh, particularly when more Lebanese are in leadership, the chances of there being some delicious hummus at an office <laughs> gathering are increased like ninety percent. I haven't. Uh, I, I mean, according to my field research, That's and uh, that can't be a bad thing. You know that yeah. that can only mean uh, better returns for yeah. everybody. No, so for sure. Cheers <laughs> to that. Yeah. Uh, Our flag over inclusion is hoisted high above camp career. Hip hooray. Now it's on to the craft. I've got the craft today. And uh, Ife, I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I was at the Festival of Faith and Writing this past weekend at Calvin College. And even though you can't always trust those Calvinists, it was a very good, very good conference. Uh, That was Was a joke.
1: Was it riveting? Was it riveting?
0: It was highly riveting. I am so riveted that I am riveting my way right into our craft today, and it's it's kind of a finer point, but um, one of the editors that I met said, and she said she receives a lot of correspondence from say freelancers, hopeful freelancers, out in the field who may have met her, networked with her, so they'll land in her email inbox. And it will just be kind of like a warm greeting, which is great, right? But it's kind of like, well, uh, as we said in the early 90s, warm it up, Chris. I'm about to warm it up, Chris, because that's what I was born to do, everyone.
1: Born, uh, born to do, born to do. That's the response that we were looking for there. <laughs> Whoa! All
0: right. Uh, Ife, who was two years old at the time, would not have known that lyric. Exactly. It's okay, exactly. forgiven. Exactly. That's why. That's why there's an inclusion writer for him because he's <laughs> millennial and Nigerian, and you can't beat that. The bottom line here's the craft that that I want to refine here today is it's not enough if you warm up someone's inbox with your kind of your credentials and your dossier it's much better if you hope something is going to come from that interaction it is much better to suggest how you would like like the next steps to go even if it seems kind of like a bold move but this editor said she receives a lot of email that's like hi it was great meeting you um and you know keep me in mind for something down the road and so if you offer something actionable to say an editor or somebody you're trying to work for it's you're so much better off because the worst thing they will say is no uh, for that one opportunity but what if what if you suggested hey i wonder if you know if if you were looking for an article on the type of footwear that jesus wore historically accurate then maybe down the road when Nike is trying to appropriate some Jesus sandals like she'll think of you you know yeah
1: that's that's a major key major craft that people should work on including myself it's it translates also to the job search process because people everyone is busy let's just let's just throw that out there everyone is busy and when you don't specify what you're looking for, it makes my interaction with you a lot harder because I, I'm, I'm trying to guess. I'm trying to figure out what you're needing from um, Some people may have heard of SMART goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time limited. I think that's a good, really good framework for those sort of uh, cold emails or not even cold emails, but follow-up emails. Mm-hmm. Something that I've started to do is instead of just saying, "Hey, let's try grab coffee" to someone that I really want to meet or or add to my network, I, I've, I've learned to be very specific. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, let's grab coffee or tea in the next three weeks. I would like to discuss X, Y, and B, and I'm hoping that we can use this time to do that. It gives them something to actually respond to. Yeah. And again, like you said, it makes it a lot easier for them to say no. But when you are giving someone the opportunity to say no to something, it's the same level of ease in which they can say yes, because it, it allows them to decide you know, where their time is going to be spent, if it's a value add. Uh, somebody that I was listening to recently, I, can't, I don't know if it was a podcast or just one of my mentors talking, he said he no longer takes uh, phone calls. Or, or, or scheduled meetings unless he knows what's on the agenda. Mm. He doesn't like, doesn't like being caught off guard. He doesn't, if somebody texts him and says, hey, hey, can we talk? His response is about what? Because yeah. it allows him to prepare himself and you don't enter any situation uh, unaware or underprepared.
0: I like the fact that you're touching on respect because it's a two-way street. And for most of us, I have to believe we learn it in second or third grade, or in my case, a late bloomer, you know, fifth grade, when uh, Tony Lorenzo uh, passed me a note that said, Do you like me? And there was a <laughs> box, yes or no. Now, it would have been creepy, of course, if it said, It's nice to see you over there sharing the air <laughs> molecules with me, right? How do I respond? Thank so you. you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just it's just, just a head nod from across the room. Acknowledge. <laughs> or and, or that, in our case, yeah, in this in this case in our, in our modern days, just the red receipt left on. I, <laughs> I have seen this thing that you have since. Thank you. And shout out to uh shout out to uh LinkedIn for adding that to their messaging platform now. Oh. where now you can see that the person has seen your message but hasn't responded in 16 months. Um, <laughs> Just, you're just looking. You're just casually unrequesting the connection and re-requesting it again as right. if they're not ignoring it. But yeah. It's
0: like LinkedIn doing some passive aggressive trolling of it's, our, it's of it's our it's networking. It's but.
1: fantastic. You said it's Tony, Tony Della La- De Ron, whoever that was. He, see, he, <laughs> didn't, he didn't have all the games. See, my in my day, what you did was you put yes, no, and then at the bottom, you put maybe. Oh!
0: leaving that door just to crack a jar. Listen, listen
1: I was all in for the maybe because <laughs> what that meant is that there was work to be done, meaning I could send follow-up. And because if they said maybe and I got it back, I was like, all right, cool. I could send another one saying, what would I need to do to change that maybe to a yes?
0: Absolutely. Brilliant. Oh, my stars. All I can see right now through my uh, <laughs> Skype portal is, is your face with hope. You know
1: in the in the obama-esque kind of that's what it is Uh, hey yes we can and yes i did
0: (laughs) maybe maybe
1: (laughs) hey campers it's ife here i'm so glad we're talking about the job search process does the prospect of applying and interviewing for a new job sound daunting are you worried that your resume needs a little oomph to stand out well let me help you for the next one week i will be offering 15 minute one-on-one resume review sessions to the next 15 people who subscribe and share this episode of Camp Career. Just hit the subscribe button and share. Make sure to post the hashtag CampCareer15415. Again, subscribe, share, and post the hashtag CampCareer15415. Let's jump back into the conversation. At craft um, I think in leads right into kind of what we wanted to talk today about in terms of, you know, the job search process.
0: Absolutely. Y'all come and to we, the campfire now. We're gonna talk yeah. about the search.
1: Let's come on through. over, come on. So I I was thinking about this recently and um, I was wondering how I was going to expand on this this topic when I had a very interesting interaction with a candidate this last week. Mm there was a job i would say entry-level job in my organization starts paying start pay starts around uh 12.75 an hour tops out about 23 an hour it's uh, you know very a lot of preferred rather than required in terms of the in terms of the qualifications. so like i said very entry-level position but it's a great entry point into the organization to grow so i posted the position about a week and a half ago over the weekend, we got 85 applicants. Um, so, 85 applicants for all intents and purposes who met all of the requirements. We had somebody pick, selected and an offer within maybe about four days. But I sent out an update to all the candidates because when we were talking about the respect piece, one of the parts as a recruiter, I, I want to respect everybody's time and their experience. And I think one of the biggest uh, disappointers for a job searcher is not hearing any information and that that kind of that that lull in conversation and communication that can lead to frustration confusion all those things and I just want to be clear I have
0: no chill when I am waiting and so sometimes it results in an email that says please forgive me for having no chill but what is the status of your search
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, And and so um, this, this whole topic, it can be, it can be, we could go for days and we could probably use multiple sessions, multiple podcasts to, uh, to, to cover it. But I've decided for myself uh, about six months ago that my personal theme and my personal goal was to provide a dignified recruitment experience to every candidate every time. Mm. So that leads us into the job search. Uh, somebody sent out the, an email to me asking about the status, about the position. Now mind you, again, this position has been open for about a week. Uh, the individual is very professional, very kind, but I found out later that uh, this individual had called our office about 13 times in the span of a day and a half. And they were trying to get in contact with somebody to find out their status. I had already dispositioned them in the system, stating that they weren't selected and they had received a communication via email that they weren't being selected. I think one of the first parts of the job search that I wanna cover is the difference between persistence and annoyance.
0: Being a pain in the Mm booty. Butt pain is
1: never good. Mm -mm.
0: Um, And uh,
1: (laughs) That was delivered very dryly but it's also a fact but um yeah so so with the job search i think first and foremost one thing people need to be aware of is that most companies most organizations should have an outlined recruitment process meaning from step one to offer letter or offer or rejection um, to rejection, there should be a, a clear outline of the timeline of events. Make sure that you're reviewing that. Make sure that you're looking at that before application because it's going to save you a lot of headache.
0: So, for example, like, you know, we hope to place this person by June 1, that sort of thing. Okay. Correct, correct.
1: Um, you'll find it more in European countries. European, uh, I said, cultures, cities, businesses, where they'll actually have an application closing time, meaning on the posting, it will say, we're uh, welcoming applications until April 21st. And that will kind of give a signal of when applications and resumes will be reviewed. And then you can expect a certain amount of time between when individuals are contacted for interview. But... Again, I think understanding the recruitment process for each organization and each job is going to save every and any job searcher a a whole lot of heartache and a whole lot of frustration. That understanding will help set the tone for how you communicate with recruiters, because it is important, and I encourage everyone to, if they can, identify the human being behind the posting. That's what's going to set you apart. Again, I posted this position a week and a half ago, and within maybe three days, I had 85 qualified candidates. Mm -hmm. So if there's 85 people, I can tell you for the most part that I'm not reviewing 85 applications. I'm probably reviewing 20. Of those 20, I'm reaching out to 10. And of those 10, I'm inviting maybe three or four to actually interview. Got it. The people that stand out are those that reach out to me, reach out to our team, are asking questions.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so I, I think without spending too much time on just one part of the recruitment process, what excites me is individuals who respect my time when they reach out to me and they say, hey, I know you're probably looking at a lot of people. Here's why I think I'm a standout candidate. I would look forward to an opportunity to have a conversation. Here's how you can reach me. And that's it. That's good. That's, and then, and they, they just they just back away slowly. That is, that. those are the individuals who, though I may not offer them this particular job, I'm reaching out to them a second time or a third time because they respected my process. They uh, were very clear about what they wanted. Again, that smart goal plan that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they met the qualifications. That's the other thing. Yeah. If you don't meet the qualifications, the chances of you getting a call back are, are, are slim to none. But I'm rambling. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. I really... No, I
0: think that's within the vein of persistence when it's appropriate. It's you're showing your ardent interest, but you're not being a pain. And in many ways, it sounds like you want the person to behave as they probably will as your colleague. You know, if... If my boss or my colleague is calling me 13 times, you know, you got to call 13 times for good luck. Uh, If they're, if they're calling me nonstop for something that they could easily find in their portal or in an email, then that tells me, well, the interaction that's going to happen consistently if we are co-workers is probably not going to be positive. So in many ways, it sounds like, you know, Show your cards. Show what kind of a person w- we're hoping to work with.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, I th- I think the follow-up, so, so again, here's, here's where I take ownership on behalf of all recruiters of the world. The recruiter or the recruitment team should set the expectations for follow-up and follow-through. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of my process when I'm talking to a candidate that may be at the very early stages is I provide them with a timeline of when they should receive an update, the timeline of when, if they have not heard from me, they should reach out to me, and the best method to reach out to me. Not everybody does that, and I apologize on behalf of the recruitment world, but I've heard that that's very helpful to job seekers because if I tell you that I'm going to be reaching back out to you in five business days, but that if I haven't reached out to you in five business days and it's appropriate to contact me in seven business days, you're not worrying until day seven. Right. And again, by me giving you that permission and by you giving you that access, your communication with me is less pestery and more of, Hey, following up on what you asked me to do, Mm -hmm. meaning that I know how to follow directions, me being the candidate, but then it also puts responsibility on me as a recruiter to give or have or find good feedback, prompt information. Nobody should be sitting out there wondering a month and a half later. And we have that. We have scenarios of that, of people who don't hear anything for two months and then they get a call if they want to interview for a position. That's frustration. Yeah. Why would you want that? You know? So um, again, those expectations, I think all of this is about setting expectations early on uh, from the application process to um, to the uh, interview process. But I'm here, we can talk about this you know, um, a little bit more, but I'm really excited that we're exploring the job search process and the I've said process a lot, but it's okay, because that's what it is.
0: <laughs> well, word to your recruiter, that was a good word, Ife. And um, I am hoping that our listeners will feel very open to reach out with their questions relative to what you just talked about, which I thought were great pointers. And then, um, regarding the job search overall, uh, what to do, um, things that maybe they are trying hard to interpret, um, just when the process doesn't go your way, what you can do, that sort of thing. So, Um, we could talk about this all day, certainly, but the embers of our campfire are slowly fading and it is time now to lower the flag. So I wanted to offer something that I, another thing that I heard at the wonderful Festival of Faith and Writing, which was something that the Jen Hatmaker shared in her keynote address. And Jen Hatmaker is a awesome mommy blogger And she stands up for a lot of marginalized folks. So she has my admiration. But she said when she gets criticism, she basically sifts it out into two buckets. So I just wanted to share this with our readers. I mean, I just wanted to share this with our listeners because I think that um, when you're going through a job search process or when you are in the thick, even if it's your dream career, you're gonna, people are gonna pour the haterade. Am I wrong?
1: you know, it's a fact.
0: So she said, it's important to sift it out into two different buckets. And one should be the empty criticism, which bears no truth, is just somebody else's issue that they're basically spouting off at you. And that's what you just ignore. But she said, sometimes there's constructive criticism. And that is something truthy that may be wrapped in something kind of thorny or in a tone that we don't necessarily like, but she said, try to mind the truth from that and sit with it for 24 hours before you respond. And that's, that's something that I, I can learn. I can learn to do better. Um, and yeah. And I suppose that was, that's just something that I'm kind of carrying away. That's, that's my souvenir from from uh, the festival that I am going to then offer our listeners as a souvenir from Camp Career.
1: That's a perfect wrap-up, I think. Um, there's a little bit of truth in, in, I think, every interaction. I can't remember who said it best, uh, but uh, the variation of the quote is, you're never as good as they say you are, you're never as bad as they say you are, you're somewhere in the middle, but always strive to make yourself better. So, at the end of the day, I think, you know, as people are going on in this process, a rejection is not a confirmation of uh, who you are as a person, positive or negative. Um, it's just a particular situation that um, a result was needed or, or a response was needed. So a no is not a no in life. I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: True that. OK, just want to mention our email inbox is open. Listeners, hello at campcareer.com is waiting for your questions, your queries, your comments. Until next time, I'm your co-counselor, Kendra. And I'm Ethan. Have a great and successful and prosperous and rejection-free week.
1: Peace. Peace.